the person who came up with residential schools and treated Native people like shit. A mother ran over and grabbed her child and said, no, you don't play with that. Does he say all lives matter? You betcha he does. I can't name a white person who suffered like George Floyd did. Those policemen should be in jail. There shouldn't be a tiered system of how dark you are that dictates how hurt you can be by a situation. Here in episode two of Through the Looking Glass, Race in Canada, we go deeper into the thinking and realities of our groups. We show your fellow Canadians a number of visual stimuli from recent events in the news, and we hear their unfiltered feedback. There has never been a more important time than right now to give back to communities across this country. Inside our presenting sponsor, TELUS's world-leading networks is a network of good. TELUS is bridging digital divides so that all Canadians are connected to the technology and resources they need to live their lives. They help low-income families get online. Their mobile health clinics bring health care to the homeless. TELUS gives back to over 4,000 community organizations every year, and they volunteer over 1 million hours a year for those in need. TELUS has committed more than $150 million to support COVID-19 relief and have given more than $1.3 billion since the year 2000 to support thousands of charities. TELUS is using its resources, technology, and people to ensure we're all connected for good. To learn more, visit telus.com backslash gives back. What nationality do you think, or what, what ethnicity do you think faces the most discrimination in Canada? Against whom is Canada most discriminatory or prejudiced? I don't know. It's hard for me to say, like, one race, but I think just in general, people of color. I think that would be black people. Actually, it would be black people as well as the um, Native Americans. Okay. Why black people? Um... I think that there is very deep-rooted racism against the Black people, and that is part of people from a lot of different cultures, um, not only, um, you know, uh, people who identify as white, even people from other cultures are quite racist against Black people. Okay. Uh, can we show the video? Alan Adam is the leader of the Athabasca Chippewayan First Nation. He was brutally arrested with RCMP officers tackling him to the ground and striking his head repeatedly, drawing blood. We showed our participants publicly available police dash cam footage. Who wants to tell me what the hell was going on there? Police brutality? It was just... It was ridiculous. Like it was just excessive force used un like unnecessarily. Desiree, how were you feeling as you were watching that? Disgusted. I mean, I don't know who the people were in the video and I don't care who they were. I didn't see any, the people doing anything wrong or trying not to comply with whatever they were asked to do. And they were just completely assaulted and those policemen should be in jail. Anybody seen that before? That video clip? Yep. Okay. Yes. yes. That's a that's a chief. That his name is Alan Adam. <laughs> Are you surprised or not surprised that this occurred in Canada? Not surprised. And, and presumably occurs more than once. 
Pardon? Not surprised at all. Why? Why, Perry? Yeah, I've been in multiple situations where police got aggressive with me or my friends, and they didn't need to, but it, it was more of an approach like, hey, I want you to know that I'm, I have the right to do whatever I want to you. They try to make us feel like we're nothing. Thunderbird? It's always been there. It's just more out there because we have technology now. That's not something new, especially if you're a minority in this country. Rob, what was your feeling when you were watching it? Um, I had mixed feelings uh, because um, I, I felt that the level of force was excessive, but I also felt for the police a certain extent as to they react this way because of the past experience. I don't think that, that all police are racist, um, but they react based on their previous experiences. And, um, you know, not knowing exactly what had happened, like, like uh, Sydney said, um, you know, and not being able to tell how much he was resisting. We all assume that the police are uh, exhibiting too much force, uh, but we don't know what the situation was. We only see the visual. Shawane, do you think I would have been treated the same way in that circumstance? No, I doubt it. Why? Uh, well, I've seen a lot of videos and I've read a lot of articles and stuff like that. And uh, I've seen cases where comparison minorities and Caucasians, uh, even when the Caucasians did um, serious crimes, uh, <clears throat> numerous killings, they are treated completely different in comparison to a minority who, you know, was held down that way, punched, beaten. So I doubt you'd be treated that way. And the other thing I'd add is it's a bit of a homogeneous theory where it's like like attracts like so if you remind me of me and I can relate to you I'm not going to treat you any way I wouldn't want myself to be treated so if people already see black people as animals barbaric or even first nations indigenous people as other and less than that it's okay to punch kick treat differently because they aren't seen as human or the same Keon you said it was police brutality I thought police brutality was something that happened in the United States yeah, what made you talk that? Well, because that's where you—that's where you see all of it. That's where—that's where it's all on the news. It's all. No, it's here too. I'm sure that anyone who lives in Brampton can say that there was a black a black man who himself called the police because he was having a mental health issue, and his family called the police for help. They killed him. There was the old um, Indian man whose family called for help. And they kicked in his balcony door and they shot and killed him. You saw the video right there. That's Canada. Right. So, right. yeah, no, when you say it's only in the U.S., I think that's a falsity. I think that there may be some Canadians who want to live in that, in that ideal, but that's not the reality, at least for people of color. Here, I'm showing participants a still photo taken by onlookers to the murder, capturing the Minneapolis police officer pushing his knee into the neck of George Floyd. Has everybody seen that image before? Hands up if you've seen that image before. Right. When I say Black Lives Matter, what comes to mind? What, do you, what is your reaction to that phrase, Black Lives Matter? 
You're right. Um, okay. A movement, an essential movement. Dean, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? You've been fighting with your friends on Facebook about it, you said. Definitely, yeah, 100% uh, for Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, because the Indigenous group is so small in Canada, we would never be able to have a big uprising like this. In the end, if the Black people are treated the same as white people, then, you know, white people are going to treat everybody else the same. But that's going to take years and years. Erna, how do you feel about the expression Black Lives Matter? I'm on the other side of it. I'm on the All Lives Matter. We all have to be respectful to others and then learn about each other, not judging by their skin or how they look, poor or rich or, you know. But, yeah, I was on that all all lives matter on that side. Alexis? They do, just like everybody else's life. Um, it's funny because I was just talking with my 13-year-old. That was a topic of her choice as we were driving home one day. Her dad didn't agree, who is the Polish-Ukrainian. <laughs> and um, Does he say, if I could ask you, does he say all lives matter? You betcha he does. Yeah. Right. She disagreed with her father, and she told him why. Okay. And why, is, why does she disagree? Because at this time, the events that occurred, they were standing for a reason. She said, you're right, all lives do matter. But at this point, in this time, on what has happened, black lives matter. So I'm going to say something deliberately provocative to you, but I do want your genuine reaction to this statement. Black Lives Matter is divisive. All lives matter. They all matter, but when all lives are treated the same, then it would be a accurate statement because other communities aren't being treated the same way. I would just like to piggyback on that. And I would say until Black Lives Matter, all lives can't matter. So until Black people are, started, are treated more fairly, more equitably, then it's not fair to say that all lives matter because black lives don't matter. And I think it expanded even to other minorities, not just black people. I think it's fighting for everybody. That's the movement now. It's not just black lives matter. It's minorities, the ones that aren't being treated. Like, I can't name a white person who suffered like George Floyd did. Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, and the list just keeps going. Like, I don't see the white people suffering like that. Minorities' lives matter. Black lives matter. Until white people suffer like that, they won't understand black lives matter. I expect you to say all lives matter because you know no better. Let's not take anything away from what's happening uh, in the States or anywhere to black people. Let's not take anything away from that. Let's just concede that as given. Okay? But given everything that indigenous people face in terms of racism, prejudice, discrimination, even police brutality in this country. Do you not feel somehow left out of the Black Lives Matter story? And does it bother you that people in large numbers in cities in Canada are demonstrating, protesting, marching about Black Lives Matter while you sit here? 
with your issues. I do feel as though the rallies that I've attended, uh, it's always felt like a tear of what color your skin is depicts how much of a voice you're allowed to have at that rally. Meaning? There shouldn't be a tiered system of how dark you are that dictates how hurt you can be by a situation or how troubled your people are. Of course, the more visible of a minority, maybe you're going to be a little bit easier to pick out, but there's still problems, deep problems running through all groups of people. And I think segregating people into different movements isn't going to attain a common goal. Here, I'm showing our participants a photo of Perry Bellegarde, for six years the National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Not one person recognized his picture or name. Hands up. How many people know who that is? Can you name that person? Hands up. Nobody? Nobody? Okay. That's the National Grand Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. His name is Perry Bellegarde. What would you describe his race or ethnicity to be? I would suspect Indigenous. Native American, I'd say. Aboriginal people? Yeah. First Nations Indigenous? I would say Canadian. Okay, so th this is so interesting to me. He is the Grand Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Why do you think you don't know who he is? I think because on a whole, the Canadian society doesn't really care about Native issues and therefore don't care about their leaders. So unless you are directly impacted by what him and his council of people do, it's not a, it's not a Canadian issue. So we don't know who he is. So can I assume from that 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 organization, the Assembly of First Nations, really doesn't matter to you? Really is not a factor in your life? No, absolutely no factor in my life. No? Nope. You're shaking your head, Jesse. Doesn't matter to you. Like, you don't look to that group to advance Indigenous rights in Canada. You don't look to that group to fight for you. And uh, Who do you assume is doing that? Who do you assume is fighting with the federal government and with provincial governments to try to get better policies? Thunderbird. Right. Right. I think it's grassroots. That's always been my vision of it. Thunderbird, why is he not an important person to you? Because the political system wasn't built for us to succeed. Okay, can you expand on that a little bit? We had our own, uh, our own ways before uh, the newcomers came. <clears throat> and uh, we have like a treaty with the newcomers, right? And we were, that's what the Wampum Belt represents for us. And we're supposed to stay in our own canoe and the newcomers are supposed to stay in their ships and we're just supposed to have our own lane and stay in it, right? And we could live peacefully. And when they came, they put all these systems in place for us not to succeed because they don't want us to succeed. I don't pay attention to politics anymore and I don't want politics anymore because it's not working. My people are still going without water. My people are still homeless. And not just my people, other people too. 
we give a damn about other people. Thunderbird says that Canada doesn't want Indigenous people to succeed. Anybody disagree with that? I do. Why let other people determine whether you succeed or not? But do That's you not a think within thing. That's a within thing, though. That is something that is work within. And when you have rich white people controlling media and and I'm not getting like I know conspiracy stuff but like this is well known so I I, I, I can agree Alexis yes we I, like I agree for sure um but that all comes with like getting taken away from your mom at birth because of birth alerts and then getting like <sighs> a lot have has been done for us to not succeed and i see it and if people aren't aware of that then i don't know here, I show participants the same photo of Viola Desmond as appears on our $10 bill. Hands up, anybody who knows who that is. Anybody know who that is? Uh, is that the lady on the $10 bill? That is the lady on the $10 bill. So Viola Desmond was dragged out of a movie theater in 1946 and thrown in jail and fined because she wouldn't move to the black section of the theater. She insisted on sitting in the seat she wanted to sit in. And that was a jailable criminal offense in Canada for refusing to move to the black section of the Theater. That was in 1946, nine years before Rosa Parks refused to move to the uh, backseat of the bus. In 2018, Canada put Viola Desmond on the $10 bill. But what does that tell you about Canada? At least we recognize. Yeah, recognizing, accepting. You know, hopefully people understand what that means, you know, so even people, on, you know, but again, there's always... You know, at least we, we gesturally, you know, showing, trying to, to, to recognize, you know, certain things that, that is important to the Canadian history. Right. So it's, is it important that she's on the $10 bill? Is that an important gesture? Representation means a lot. Having that visual to say that I can see this woman of color on my money is important, especially considering the other people who are on our money, for example, Sir John McDonald, who I think is on the $100 bill, who was the person who came up with residential schools and treated Native people like shit. So, yeah, it's a big deal. Canadians like to think that we're very different from the United States on these issues. Did you think, Joseph, that discrimination against blacks was an American thing? No, not at all. Like, like I was saying, we all, we, we have the same problems, not to that degree, but it, it, it happens everywhere. You, you can't paint it as a Canadian or American problem. It's, it's a racism problem.
Are we past that now? Or would there still be vestiges of that in Canadian thought? No, we're not past it. Um, I uh, employ uh, care aides uh, uh, that are uh, here mostly from uh, Ghana and Togo in uh, West Africa. Um, and uh, recently one of my ladies told me an experience she had on a playground with her uh, five-year-old child who was playing with some white kids and a mother ran over and grabbed her child and said, no, you don't play with them. So it's still very much present. Here, I'm showing participants a photo of Colin Kaepernick, former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, kneeling during the U.S. National Anthem. Can anybody name that player? That football player. Isn't his name Colin Kaepernick? I'm that is sure correct. That is that. correct. And what's he doing? Um, he's kneeling during the when the U.S. national anthem was playing at this uh, before it was started again in in NHL. Right. So that's what he's doing. He's kneeling to protest police brutality against black people uh, during the national anthem of a football game. How do you feel about that, Ash? Um, every time I see a picture like that, I feel heartbroken because of the recent incident in the U.S. Uh, for um, Floyd. And I feel that's a representation, that, that discrimination at its finest, of how a person can be very, very aggressive and violent and taking a life without hesitation. Here, I show participants a still photo of members of the Las Vegas Knights and Dallas Stars of the National Hockey League kneeling during the National Anthem. What's going on in that picture? Perry, go ahead. National Hockey League taking a knee for uh, Black Lives Matter movement, which is kind of a big gesture coming from that league, which is, what, maybe 90% white, white males? 98% probably, yeah. Did that mean something to you that hockey players from Canada were taking the knee for Black Lives Matter? To me, no, not really. But there could be someone who sees that and actually does something with action in the right way. So the gesture is nice. But for me, when I see action, then I'll believe it. You can, you can tell me hi, but as soon as I turn my back, you're probably going to say, screw that guy. Why I think that's a positive image is that it brings up the conversation. I think that the demographic of people who are watching hockey may not be as versed in the conversation of Black Lives Matter and probably think of it as trivial. Whereas when they see people that they idolize and they look up to supporting such a movement, I think it then creates the, the type of conversation, the type of, I think, positive mindset around the movement that is needed. All right, now I'm going to ask you a question that I bet you've never thought of before. Which is, I'm very proud of myself. I think it's a very clever question. What is a, an assumption or a conclusion that people make about you based on the color of your skin? Anybody? 
There's so much more awareness of discrimination against black people than awareness of discrimination against indigenous people. While it's conceded that indigenous people face the most discrimination in Canada, none knew who the chief of the Assembly of First Nations was, nor was there even any consensus about what to call indigenous people. We got native, Native American, Aboriginal, and indigenous. Not many of our visible minority participants were surprised to see evidence of excessive police force against an indigenous leader. They consider it a regular part of life. But George Floyd was the type of example that broke through with everybody, changing and crystallizing opinion. In our final episode of Through the Looking Glass, we'll hear people talk openly about their own life experiences in Canada. It's raw and revealing. We hope you'll join us.